today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app by searching for The Church at Bushland in your app store. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know how this ministry is impacting your life by emailing us at info at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so in our app or by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Well, welcome to another episode of Digging for the Truth. I cannot wait to introduce my guest today. Um, she's somebody that I know very well, and uh, she happens to be my wife, Randy Taylor. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Well, I have asked her for a really long time if she would come on the podcast, and she uh, she's fought me on it for a pretty good while. I have. She has, but I think that uh, we, we're talking about a subject tonight that is very, very important, and I think that she is a model in this area, and that's why I wanted to have you on and discuss the topic of marriage. 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 Well, like I said, this is my bride, Brandy Taylor. Uh, we have been married nearly 20 years. In fact, uh, this last weekend, we met each other 20 years ago, exactly, and it's been the best 20 years of my life. Yeah, we were a blind date. We were a blind date. In fact, maybe that's where we should start, is just kind of talk about our love story a little bit. It's a good one. It is a good story. So Brandy and I, we met uh, on a blind date, and I honestly did not really want to go on another blind date because I'd had a really bad experience, and so I didn't want to do it again. However, I'll let you tell this part. Okay. I answered the phone at our church, and I was the first face that you would see when you walked in, Mm -hmm. and his little aunt came in every day for a while, and she would always talk to me about her good-looking nephew, and I just... Well, hey, and just, I want to interject. So, in my defense, I used to be better looking. So, anyway, continue. Are you still good looking? <laughs> um, but I wasn't hearing it at that time. I, I just wasn't interested. I was in a really good place, and I wasn't interested at all in going on any dates, much less a blind date. But she finally got me to wrap my phone number down, and he called me that night. I did. And in fact, uh, so that night, whenever we hung up, I, I mean, I, I very clearly, I was laying in bed watching TV, and the Lord said, you're going to meet your wife tomorrow. And we, I'll tell you, from the very first date, I knew for a fact uh, that I was going to marry this woman because I knew instantly what kind of gold she was. Right. And that took you a little longer. It did. How much longer? Maybe a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks, man. So after, just let's go ahead and we'll, so after two weeks, I bought her a wedding ring. Okay. A month in on her birthday, uh, I asked her to marry me. And three months after that, we were married. And I was at church this weekend and Michael Trumbly, he, you know, I don't even know how we got into this, but he found out we'd get married that quick. And he says, I know exactly what was going on there. And I said, <laughs> Let's see if you can get the answer. He said, you didn't want her to find everything out and screw the whole thing up? I said, exactly. <laughs> I was trying to lock it in, baby. <laughs> so anyway, um, and anyway, we're about to celebrate 20 years uh, in March, and it's incredible. It's been a wonderful, baby. Yes, I agree. Um, I've never called anybody baby on this podcast before. You're first. Not 
right. You better not again after this. <laughs> Don't worry. Don't worry, <laughs> honey. We're good. Well, there's a couple of things. So um, marriage is one of those things that when done right, I think is the most magnificent and wonderful thing oh, that yeah. two people can do. I agree. Um, but marriage has been perverted around the world. Um, and the enemy hates marriage. And so it's, there's an attack on the nuclear family. I mean, just from, from politics, from Satan. But, and, and then, you know, inside the church, I mean, it's hard. It's really hard um, to be married and do it right. Uh, if, but if you do it right, then it's not hard to be married. Right. It's kind of ironic that way. Um, and so I, I just wanted to kind of talk about what it looks like, how to build a beautiful marriage, because I'll be honest. And, and I, I, I'm not coming on this podcast to, first of all, just for the record, we've had plenty of ups and downs in our marriage. Uh, we've gone through good seasons and bad seasons, but I love my bride more than I've ever loved her in, uh, in, in all the 20 years we've been married. Every year that goes by, I love you more. And I will watch movies and stuff like that. And I think it's the biggest insult when you say, you, as a husband or somebody says, I love her as much as the day I married her. I think that's the biggest insult you could ever say to your wife. Yeah. yeah. I, I better love you more. We have so much more history. Right. Been through a lot. We've been through a whole lot. Um, and so when Brandy and I first, before we got married, we, we went through a, a, a pre-marriage class. You didn't want to. I didn't. I actually fought the bit on that pretty well pretty hard but i will say this that it was the best thing the best thing that we ever did and you're glad you did it oh man i'm incredibly glad i did it because what it did is i went to that marriage pre-marriage class and i found out when you start acting weird i mean i was expecting it <laughs> you knew what to do i knew what when to I do acted weird. yeah really there's only one thing the one thing i really <laughs> was glad to hear and had nothing to do really so much with marriage it really did we're going to get to that in just a minute but actually it was after having babies and somebody gave advice on that and as one of the few times i was so glad i had pre-baby counseling i don't know and that really was what we did right and i sat there and i just like i don't know what to do i just kind of pat you and i was so thankful for anyway that counseling the right. pre-counseling helped you understand me helped me yeah so we were both real teachable going into marriage you would agree with that yeah, yeah. We, we, my parents fought for each other. They're still married, and I'm really grateful for what they fought for and stood for. But it was a little rocky. Um, I know it wasn't the easiest thing for them. And just watching that and knowing that and just having them being transparent with me saying, this is hard, but you want to get it right. Um, I really heard that. And so just knowing that what, what my, I had seen as a child, I wanted, to, I wanted to get it right. I really wanted to. And we were fortunate to be in a church that really taught marriage well. Well, and that's actually what that church really was known for. Um, and the teaching was really, really good. And so we, as we got into, um, in fact, it, the, the, the pre-marriage classes were good. Um, the pastor, we sat with the pastor, you know, a few times, right? I can't remember a couple, but what really I think helped us more than anything, um, was marriage on the rock. Yeah. Yeah. It was the annual read for the first seven to 10 ish years, maybe, but we, we just knew we didn't know it all and yeah. we wanted to learn as much as we could. Also another resource early on. Uh, was Shanti Feldhahn. I'm not sure if I'm saying her name right. I think that's right, Shanti Feldhahn. Yeah. Shanti. Shanti. Uh, 
it's for women only. I remember reading that book. And the first time I read it, I got angry. I, I thought, no way my husband feels this way. But I felt the Holy Spirit nudge me on the inside and say, you need to ask him how he feels about this. And so I went to you. Well, do you feel this way? Well, I tell you, man, I felt like I was, I, I was about to take a test I had not studied for. But I promised, I said, whatever you say, I'm not going to get mad. I just, I sincerely want to know. Because if you feel this way, then I want to par- be your partner and help you and just understand you better. And, and it's kind of, so here's a couple of the questions that you asked me. Um, and, and first of all, I remember when you started asking me, I remember looking at you like, I kind of leaned back when I answered, like, are you really, <laughs> you know? But some of the questions were um, dealing with temptation. Um, you know, uh, do I struggle with temptation? I think that, that, I think any wife would want to say, oh, my husband had never looked at any girls but me or would never want to look at another girl but me. Uh, those are two really two different statements. And then the other had to do with, um, really insecurities or feeling like an, like a fraud, like a fraud or an imposter. Um, and uh, so when we got into that, it really, it really, I think what that did is it bought trust on both sides. Because when you allowed me to just answer and say and be honest, it did two things. It brought everything into the light. Now, just to be clear, okay, I, I was not struggling with pornography or anything like that. Um, but even if you are, <laughs> that, that's, that's one of those things that you just, you have to bring into the light. If you go through this together and you bring it into the light, then God can do some work. But here's what happened is that Brandy began to see me because I would. I'd, I'd really try to avert my eyes. And we live in a world now that is anything but modest. It's everywhere. Yeah. My least favorite season, you know, in, in the world is summer because nobody has any clothes on. It seems like that way in the winter nowadays too, but I don't know. And, and, but so what would happen though is that you would see me avert my eyes or whatever. and Yeah, I'd feel honored. I, I, would, I would see the effort he was making to have eyes only for me. And that made me love him more. It gave me compassion where he was coming from. And also... Sometimes I'd even run interference. I'd see the the floozy across the restaurant, and I'd be like, "So, why don't we go <laughs> this way?" And I don't know. Just just knowing, not because I I knew my husband was going to look at her, but to because help. T- to help because I know he's a righteous man, and his his heart was for me, and his heart was for God. And if I could help him in that struggle, I'm all about it. Well, this is, this is early on in our marriage, um, and, and we began to build it, but we always were very teachable. We looked for other people um, that we could look up to and respect in their marriage. Some of them didn't know we were watching, but we were watching. Them. We were. Yeah. Um, in fact, even some of them in our church, Marty and Cindy Rowley, Absolutely. you know, they, they were some that we would look to. Um, it's like, that's a virtuous marriage. That's a godly marriage. I want our marriage to look good like that. Um, and so it, it, it really helped spur us towards um, understanding one another better. And so let's go say this too. Um, we might be making it sound like it, was, it came easy. It actually, it, it, we were both very teachable, but I wouldn't say that it's ever easy to be selfless. No, it's something you have to decide to do sometimes daily. But. So kind of, so talking about, I guess it's kind of is a good point to kind of talk about just the key components um, of a successful marriage. Okay. Not only just a six. So, you know, really we titled this podcast, you know, um, just building a beautiful marriage. 
And there's, I know a lot of people that are successful, but it might not be a necessarily beautiful marriage. Um, there's a lot of struggle and, and quit growing. The other part of that is you, it, it is, you do have to build it. It's not going to come. If you do not put in the work, um, it will not come. And I think that's kind of some of the components we need to talk about. Right. Being intentional. Being very intentional. So, you know, when we start talking about the components of a successful marriage, let's just talk about specifically ours. I mean, what are some things that come to mind? Well, I, I think something we, I don't know when it came into our culture at our house, but we decided we are kingdom people, like kingdom of heaven. And we wanted to map everything we did in that mindset, whether it was marriage, parenting, our careers, um, just our day to day, we, we think through a filter of kingdom. So in the kingdom of heaven, um, just like Josh Whisker preached, it's an upside down kingdom. If you want to be first, you have to be last. If you, if you want, I mean, he says, pray for your enemies. Um, it's a different kingdom. So you're, you're going to have to take off a worldly mindset and think more like Jesus. And the way you know how to think like Jesus is to read his word and get to know him. So, um, to have a successful marriage, I think, begin with Jesus. Everything begins with Jesus. If, if you want it to be blessed, then begin with Jesus. Well, the scripture's clear about that. It says that it's a three-strand cord, and that three-strand cord is not easily broken. God has to be the center of it. Now, we're going to come back and, and touch more on that kingdom stuff here in a second because that's really important. Um, when Brandy and I got married, uh, I, so I got saved May 22nd, 1994. And neither one of us were dating at all. We were who we were pursuing was Jesus, and we had we'd finally gotten at peace with it. My grandmother used to say it best that if you can't be happy by yourself, um, you can't be happy with somebody else. I think that's a really interesting and important component to marriage. Even if you're already married, if you cannot be content with yourself, there might be some things, some deliverance, and things that you might need to work through. Um, I will say everybody has things that they have to work through, um, but. Whenever we came together and, and we, I was saved, I loved Jesus, I was pursuing God, um, but I was, I was, and I was on fire for God, I, I, I taught, I mean, all these things, but my mindset was not necessarily fully kingdom, I, my head was a little still stuck in the world, I mean, it was a lot to overcome, I didn't have really the models, you know, that I was looking for to live that kingdom and so you were actually really instrumental in helping me understand just kingdom mindedness. Um, and you, I just, I mean, you would love me and you never lectured me or anything like that. You just loved me into a kingdom mindset. Do you think that's a fair statement? Sure. That's very generous, but sure. <laughs> well, and so here in a minute, I want to talk more about that kingdom mindset, but there's some other really success things that are important components um, and that's to put the other person um, above yourself. And that's really hard in the world that we live in. We have, uh, we live in a society that is very, you know, I got to focus on my career, my, my, not our, our, and our. And when you have kids, <laughs> that gets ratcheted up a notch. Right. Um, so I think one of the, the, the most, Jesus is absolutely number one. If you don't have Jesus, I'll just tell you this, man. It's a miracle if you stay together. It's just, it's just the truth. Absolutely. 
Number two, um, you know, there's, I would highly recommend and going, I'm, I'm going to pull some things right now from, from Jimmy Evans and marriage on the rock. You can go to xomarriage.com. They've changed the name of it. You can also still search for marriage on the rock. I highly recommend it. Um, you know, if you can watch that, that would be wonderful or read it. Um, but if you go and, and you look at these things, man's number one need is honor. Um, and so if you want to tear a man down, it's really easy to do by, you know, saying, well, you're not man enough or you're not good enough. I mean, Brandy knows. Okay. So I'm going to tattle on myself right now. She's smiling. You know exactly what I'm, where I'm going with this, don't you? I do. Uh, so <clears throat> I used to be, and I still am for the most part, really thick skinned. I mean, you can cuss me, you can do whatever, and I'm good. When Brandy and I first got married, actually before we got married, God told me, that if I give her to you, you have to protect her heart. Because I'm very sensitive. <laughs> she is. She's but beautiful, tender. Okay, but she's very sensitive. So the Lord said, you protect her heart. And I have tried to do that. You've done a good job. You know, yeah. and, but, but, the, but I am a very strong personality. Right. We, after we first got married, we, <laughs> we decided to start remodeling a kitchen. That's like marriage boot camp. It was, man. And so I'm just, I'm sitting, I look over and she's crying. And I'm like, what are you crying about? She goes, you're yelling at me. I'm like, I'm not yelling. I'm just talking. I'm just talking. And I really was. I was just talking. Here's the ironic part though. Okay. So <laughs> yeah, here's the ironic part about that is that so after all these years of being married, I have turned into a wuss. She has. You're not a wuss. Oh, I'm a big old sissy, man. So like the other day. All right. You know, I was, I don't even remember what it was about, coffee or something. I don't know. And we were out of coffee. The kids got to it before you. Oh, and I still had some. I'm like, here, just take mine. Just take mine. Well, but the way she said it, she was yelling at me. And <laughs> she goes, oh, you big baby. <laughs> you know, I don't know. It really is funny, though, because I'm a big sissy. She has to be careful. That's our ego, though. Going back to that honor thing, that's an ego. Th that's more than ego, though, because she wouldn't turn me down. Um, she's incredible. She all, She's very good at honoring me. Uh, but in this case, you know, it was my heart so tender and open to her that if I think she's even a little bit cross at me, I can't cope with it. Um, and that didn't used to be the case. I think so many people live in a relationship where they still have the walls up around their heart because they're afraid they're going to get wounded. Oh, sure. Sure. And I think that's probably, you know, one of the most restricting things in regards to truly trusting each other. Um, but let's go to the, to the, to a woman's, you know, number one need, which would be security or love, depending on which book you read, the Egerics say love. Yeah. And, and honestly, it's, it's the same, it, it's really the same thing. So under security, there's a blanket, love being one of those, um, a little girl's number one, what they want to hear, you know, from daddy, you know, am I beautiful? Am I worth fighting for? And that's another good book. Uh, yeah, that is. In fact, Eldridge. The Eldridge, yeah. So that's actually one I used to hand out. It's a little pamphlet. In fact, when I preached a couple of years ago, uh, Father's, Father's Day, Day yeah. I, you might have been there, and I actually handed one out to all the men. Yeah. We have one handed out to all the men. So um, you have what it takes is a little John Eldridge thing. It's great. Um, little boys need to know that um, they have what it takes. It's that honor. It goes back, to, you know. And But little girls, that security. And it doesn't change ironically. Um, and if you don't get those questions answered, then a lot of times we'll begin looking for those answers in all the wrong places. 
And then when we come into a relationship in marriage, it gets perverted and it gets messed up. And then you begin protecting your heart more. Anyway, so I think that understanding honor, understanding security and love is one of the most important things that you can do in regards to those components. Are there any other components you think we ought to bring up? Well, I think just, just deciding to like your spouse. Just just accepting them for who God made them to be. Um, calling them on the carpet when when they aren't being who God called them to be. But I, I remember we, we went through a really traumatic event in 2019. Yeah, it was right before 2019, yeah. Um, and prior to that, I felt like I probably would look at my husband and think, well, this is his personality, and I wish he would. I wish he would do this so people would think he was nicer because he really has this great heart. But because he acts this way, they might misunderstand him. And so in my mind, I would I would pick apart how he would respond to people, knowing that he has this amazing heart. But that person probably thought he was a little intense. blunt or intense. And but after that traumatic event, I needed him to be intense. And well, you might as well tell him. Everybody's nobody knows what it is. We don't go through the whole story, but you might as well tell him what the what's going on. Well, I watched him wrestle a burglar down in our driveway in, in the middle of the night, and he had a gun, and I didn't. Right. Well, he had. I had a gun, but it wasn't loaded. Long story, but anyway. Right. And I, I was so thankful that God made Trent who he was at that time because. He needed to be intense. He needed to be that assertive, blunt person he, to take control. And um, it saved his life. And I, I feel like um, it was that event in our lives that I finally just was, I'm so glad God made you intense and direct. Mm. And I'm not intense with you, though. Oh, no. And no. I, think, I think that's important to say. And I'm not very direct with you. No, you're very careful. You're very considerate. That's going back to com com protecting your heart. But. And, well, and I think also you liking me for who I am. Oh, you're man, not I like you a lot. You're not trying to change me into toughening her up. <laughs> I, well, I have toughened you up and you you've softened me up. So right. it, it, it worked, but it wasn't we've, intentional. We've definitely rubbed off on each other. I think that's a sign of a good marriage. <laughs> I think so. Our personalities are starting to get stirred together a little bit. But I... I just, I really like you. And I feel like that's something that's been super helpful with my kids too. Just liking them for who God made them to be. He gave them that personality for a reason. And obviously there are things within our own personalities where we have to submit that to the Holy Spirit and say, make me more like Jesus in this area. But I, I can like that my son is shy and chill. And he doesn't talk very much. I'm not sure he speaks English yet. He does. He's, he's brilliant. Well, I know he's brilliant. I just know he could speak. <laughs> oh, he's so good. And, but, and then there are things about our oldest that she's, she's very much like her father, very assertive and driven. And um, I, I love that about her. So the, the, I think just this is probably just people, but deciding to like them for who God made them to be. Well, um, I think it's an important point. I don't, I don't want to cut you off, no, but I think it's an important point. I think so many times in marriage, you want to change things you may not like about your spouse. Now, there could be sinful things or issues that do need to be addressed, okay? Yeah. But what we're talking about is just trying to change them more into what are, well, expectations. Right. That was another thing I was going to talk okay, about. Okay, go ahead. I'm well, sorry. No, it's good. I, I was trying to turn him into me, essentially, 
I didn't look good in a blonde wig, though. Well, and just to be nice and, and answer how I would answer. And Well, everybody knows how sweet you are. I mean, Pastor Jeff preaches about it all the time. I'm really not that sweet. You I are. Pre- you to hey, know. No, I really. Hey, right here. I'm the only one on the camera. She is that sweet. <laughs> she can laugh over here, but she really is that sweet. Uh, well, I don't even know what to say. No, nah, I knocked you off your game there. You did. Okay. Expectations. Oh, expectations. <laughs> <laughs> Having realistic <laughs> expectations, I feel like, is another very helpful thing in life, but also in marriage. If we... If we assume our husband can read our minds, we're going to be really disappointed. Well, I think that's a really important thing to talk about because I think so many times women, and maybe men, I don't know, um, but from our perspective, it was it was you hoping that I would just magically do something. And, and so you might speak on that a little bit. You would tell me and it would help me. Right. Um, specifically? Well, no, just, just, just a generally. We're, we're well past that. But I remember right. there being a season where you were offended at me for something and I didn't know what it was. Right. Well, I think here's something maybe when all of our, we have five kids and when our three youngest were itty bitty, um, we were drowning in people. Oh man, we were. There were a lot. There's a lot going on. There was a lot of going on. And I would be exhausted by that time of the day. And I would think, Oh, he's home and I'm going to, He's going to put the kids to bed. But we never talked about that. But I just assume since I've been with them all day, he's going to know he should put them to bed. And I would put them to bed and I would be mad. But I never expressed that to him as a need that I, 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 need, I need to go to bed. So could you put the kids to bed? Um, but once we started talking about it and I realized I could say it in a way I feel like this, I, I'm going to take a bunny trail. Is that okay? Absolutely. Um, being considerate to each other, I think if, if somebody had a microphone in our house, they would be surprised how cordial we try to be with one another. We're not perfect, okay, that we snap and say like anybody else. But I She's, feel, It's usually her yelling at me, but yeah. Right, I do. Um, <laughs> I feel like this was a decision we made to to be to be cordial. So we, I would talk, I talked to him often as cordially as I would an acquaintance. Like, hey, listen, I am feeling really tired tonight. Um, you mind taking care of getting the girls to bed? And I don't know, it's, am I making sense? You're making perfect sense. Okay. And we are very cordial. You know, I, <clears throat> I want to tell you, here's some other components. I mean, that I think are important. setting expectations. Um, we each have different love languages, and I think it's important to know. Another good book. Yeah, another good book. Five love languages. Um, and you might read it like, I don't have one of those, but there's good meat in all of it, okay? The thing is, is understanding our personalities and understanding our spouse's personalities. What helped me is to realize that she doesn't think anything like I do. I mean, she really doesn't, and, and that's actually a good thing because it's scary in here. And so um, – <laughs> But whenever we have these expectations, sorry, not expectations, when I knew your love language, I knew how to, uh, to, to, to speak to you. Um, some things are more natural for me, but they, they became completely natural. So I, and I'm just telling you guys, I'm not doing this for brownie points or nothing, okay? I mean, just pretend like she ain't even here right now, okay? I'm just saying that I do, though. I, I continually tell her, 
and I can't help it. It's out of the abundance of the heart that mouth speaks. And that's absolutely true in my marriage. I'm constantly telling her just, Hey, you look beautiful. Um, I love you. And I mean, I'm, I'm saying affirming, I'm speaking life into her because, and it's coming, it's, it's true. I'm not making something up, but it's, it's something I say all the time to her. And early on, early on, and I don't know how long it took. You didn't believe me. I, I really don't think you did. I mean, no, I didn't. and, but I, I wouldn't shut up and I proved that, that I do truly adore you. Yeah. He, I feel that very much. So knowing, knowing those love languages are important. I see a thought brewing over here. I think knowing that your spouse wants to bless you, I mean, unless you're just married to a really awful person, which some people unfortunately are, but if, if you're two good people, you fell in love, just knowing that your spouse loves you and they probably want to do, sorry, good to you. They, they're not trying to find a way to be nasty to you. No, that's right. Absolutely. Goodwill towards one another. Right. Um, so many times we listen to the voice of the accuser. In the book of Revelation, I think it's twelve ten. the Bible mentions that Satan is the accuser of the brethren. And in marriage, the the enemy is so close. He, I often imagine them like Imagine those cartoons, like little yeah. cartoons, a little devil on one shoulder and an angel on another. But he he's so quick to see, oh, there's conflict, or she had this expectation and he's running late, or something like that. And then the enemy begins to put in those thoughts, and, and there'll be thoughts that are not at all really what's going through either party's minds. I mean, you. Oh, no. But go ahead, I didn't want to. No, it's it's right, and I remember several arguments where. We'll be ticked at one another, and then I'll say or you'll say, "This is this is what I think you feel like." Is this true? And then one of us will say, "No, not at all. This is what I was thinking." And then there have been several times where we'll just throw our head back and laugh and realize, "Accuser, you were found out. Your plan was disrupted." And we just have have peace within our marriage. And since then, though, we've learned. So sometimes when I get angry with you. Uh, or you'll say something that might make me angry. I'll I'll ask you before we even let time go or whatever else. I'm like, here's what I hear you saying. Is this what you're saying? And you're like, no, that's not at all what I'm saying. I mean, and it immediately diffuses um, anything that it, it didn't let the enemy sit there and brew things up in our mind that don't exist. Right. I think it, the, of the scripture that talks about don't let the sun go down on your anger. And while God's word is always true and it is never, ever wrong. Um there are times within my own personality, I know if it, usually it's because I'm tired. If I, I, I had, I would go to bed at nine o'clock at night if I could. He's a night owl, so I it's, compromise. It's, it's, it's my fault. I, I like being up late. Right. Well, and we, we've, we've compromised. Right. 1042. It, it's a weird time, but it's just kind of what always happens. 1042. 1042. So don't call me or text me after 1042. Anyhow, I, <laughs> I know that if I'm having these feelings and I'm feeling grouchy about something. My best time to talk about it is probably not 
at 10.42 p.m. Well, or even 9 o'clock. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. And, and, and so we're, that's a really good point. Not to discuss heavy things, you know, when you're tired at the end of the day. You need to be fresh. If you have something serious to talk about, say, okay, I need to talk to you about something, but let's plan it. We're both fresh. When your husband's sitting there watching a football game and you want to talk, don't sit down and interrupt. Say, can you just pause that? I mean, now there might be a time where you really, hey, listen, uh, got a leak back here. Okay, that's that's different. Um, but if it's something that really needs attention, be intentional about how you're going to have that conversation. Right. So in plugging that into don't let the sun go down on your anger. Yeah. What's that look like? Well, if you, there's been several times that in the, we have been a little frustrated towards the end of the day. And so if we're going to have a conversation, we both need to know, all right, listen, we need to get the air clear, but we also need to know that we're tired mm-hmm. and that um, I know my personality. And so I have to, know that the accuser might be sitting there so quick ready to, to trounce on this thing. And anytime that we've done this and you and I have these conversations, we, we have like, okay. And, and so if you start to get angry, that's when we are really, really diligent. Say, okay, are you saying this? No, that's not what I'm saying. Okay, then what are you saying? And then also me, one of, so when Brandy and I first got married, um, we would have a disagreement and I would get into lawyer mode, whether it's my fault, her fault. I mean, I could, every, I won every argument and, because my the way we work, the way our minds work, I've got about three, four, five comebacks lined up. And I don't think of mine until tomorrow. And and well, and because of that emotion too. And so I, I, I knew that I could machine gun her and get her to think that, oh, that's this is your fault. And and we're gonna come back. Remember a while ago we were talking about kingdom kingdom marriage? Yeah. Okay. This is a great example of how this ties in. So this is the, the this is the example one of the first examples I remember it really working well in our marriage, yeah. and you did not know how to communicate or argue or did not what even argue we we never have had yelling fights ever. Um, some of you might, and that's okay if you're both passionate. Um, you're not going to get anywhere with that, but <laughs> you need to have a civil conversation. But in this particular case, when we would have a disagreement, I would always win, and and she didn't know how to, if she would have tried to confront me on it. Finally, I just, I prayed about it. I went and told Jesus on him and Jesus told him. <laughs> so that's exactly what happened. I mean, so Holy Spirit showed him and says, you need to go to apologize to your wife uh, and you need to quit trying to be a lawyer and get in lawyer mode every time that y'all have a disagreement. You are to protect her heart and that is not protecting her heart. And whoo, man, I tell you what, I took a whooping and I have not won a, you know, a disagreement ever since. Uh, there could be one in there somewhere, but I'm pretty sure you've won them all. So that's what a kingdom relationship looks like, though. I mean, is that we both are listening to Holy Spirit. And so when there's conflict, or and it doesn't mean that we don't need to talk and communicate. We do, but we can take it to the Father. And he's in the middle of it, and he says gently and lovingly and with all authority, here's what you need to do, and we submit. Right, right. And just knowing that you're in it together. You decided to be married for a reason. God puts you together for a reason. Because you're really pretty. Uh-huh. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> we're going to have to therapy on that later. I'm sure we're going to have a discussion. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry I'm awkward. You're not awkward at all. Just for the record, it took me a long time to get her on here. She is, as you've already heard, is filled with incredible knowledge. But she also didn't like to be on the, in the spotlight. I don't. And, so, and then when I tease, and, then, and of course we banter and tease like that all the time. 
off the camera, but that's different. So when I do it, when we're on the camera, she's like, stop it. <laughs> that's ours. <laughs> <laughs> well, but what I was saying is. Sorry, I, I, okay. I took a money trail. If we are in it together, you, you, oh, you got married for a reason. So just, just know that you have a common goal. You, you are for each other. That's really important. Yeah. And so everything in life, whether it's building the fence, parenting the children, um, maybe you're making a move, deciding on a career, it's, it's together. And that's the best place to be, like the sign says. I want to come back. That, that, that's some good points. I, I want to bring something up that, you know, so many times in Scripture, um, or think about it, there's certain Scriptures that get misused all the time. So let's look at the first one that I believe gets heavily misused, especially towards women. And that's in Ephesians, beginning chapter 5, verse 22. It says, wives, submit to your own husbands. How many messages have you heard in the past where, man, that's the message. Huh? Women, you know, honor your husbands no matter what they're doing. You're going to honor them into the kingdom. And listen, there's some truth to that, okay? But it's also very misused. And, and then saying, wives, y'all just need to, to submit. I, I want to give you, I put the scripture up on screen this way. Uh, because I want to, I want to give you an illustration, a visual illustration. So you can see the scripture that is there. You should definitely go and read all of uh, Ephesians five. But here's what the scripture says to the men. There's a little bit more. There's, there, there, you know, we as the men evidently need a lot more instruction. And here's how it begins. Husbands love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Now, you need to keep reading. There's some really good stuff in here, okay? But when we look at this, we have a tendency as men to say, well, listen, you need to submit to me. And truth is, is that she needs to say, like, why? <laughs> you don't honor me. You are not sacrificial towards me in any way. Now, sometimes one person has to be the one who takes, if you're really struggling, and, and that's why sometimes for, for, for women to honor their husbands and to see them, the, the hearts of the husband break a little bit. But let me ask you this. We live in a, a world filled with feminism and all this kind of stuff where it's, a, it's, it's reverse of what I just said. I mean, in, you know, the male chauvinists and stuff like that. This is, I mean, the feminist spirit. And they will not, quote unquote, submit. And maybe you can even explain what, what that scripture means to you. But they may have good reason to, but what allows a woman to have a heart to submit? Well, I think just living inside a relationship where you know you are loved unconditionally. I know you would do anything for me. Mm -hmm. You would lay down your life and you're not going to make a decision without me. That's a big we, one. We are equals when we're, we're discussing important things in our lives. And any decision you make truly is try, weighing, weighing all the options of how am I best going to take care of my family. Mm -hmm. um, I trust you because you've got a great track record. I know your character. Um, I I don't ever worry about submitting to you because I know that you're going to do best for me. You, I submit to you because you're going to take care of me and it's, 
if if I don't submit to my husband, then he's not going to be able to take care of me as well. So I think it's it's just a, a an equal, looking at an equal, you're hearing me out, you're hearing my concerns. We pray before the Father together about it, and then the Lord will tell you often, this is what we should do. And then you're like, you good with that? And I've got a peace in my spirit about it. And, and we go, and it's always blessed when it, when it comes in, in the form of you, me, God. We're, we're, we're praying about it. Absolutely. And I think that when we do that, um, and, and we do it, so for, there's, obviously, if I'm going to go buy a sandwich, <laughs> if I'm buying lunch, I mean, now if, if money is really tight and where I'm going out to eat, that's a different conversation. But, but I'm just saying, like, on, on, we have, you know, things budgeted. We have things like, okay, yeah, and it's, some of that stuff doesn't matter. But if I'm going to spend, you know, X amount of dollars, whatever we agree upon uh, that number is, then we're going to have a conversation, you know, and make sure that we agree that, or, that it's not even always about money. It's about what we should do, you know, for our kids instead of unilaterally. So I'm gonna, I think that they need to do this. But we're going to come to agreement first. And here's, the, here's what happens is if you do things unilaterally in marriage, then when that thing hits the wall, you're going to feel really isolated, and not to say that God can't come in and help, you know, restore and fix, but doing it together is just so much better. It makes me think of another scripture here. Put on my old man goggles. And it has to do with the virtuous woman. Um, and I, I'm not going to read the entire thing. You can go read it for yourself. It's actually fairly long. It's the last, it's the last thing in Proverbs, the last chapter, the last verses. And it just talks what a virtuous wife is, you know. Who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. The heart uh, of her husband safely trusts her. And when I remember reading this, that's absolutely true. You know, guys, you know, we have egos, right? And um, but whenever my heart was totally open uh, to you, I felt like we 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 ratcheted it up, and then we really started gaining a lot of steam. <laughs> Couple, couple more things here. I, I, I know that we've, we've discussed a lot. We could, we could have about, you know, 10 podcasts just on this one topic alone. But I want to say, what, what would you say to the couple that is out there that's, str that's struggling, but they are uh, truly committed to one another? I would say, well, Jesus first. Yep. Each other second. Yep. The kids next. Get, get your priorities in line. But I would also just encourage that couple to clear their schedules. Quit what you can. Make things simple. Quit social media. Um, oh, that's a big one. Yeah. Social I, media, we don't have, we haven't done it in. It's 2010. Okay, there you go. 12 years. And it's yeah. been the best decision ever. Oh, yeah. It's very liberating. Um, just cut out the distractions and focus on each other. Date. Go on lots of mm, dates. That's my favorite. Oh, something we were instructed to do, and I really don't know when this came into our marriage, but we, we when he first gets home from work, mm, mm -hmm. um, we that time of day is mine and his. And I the think kids. that might have been marriage on the rock. Oh, okay, that that makes sense. Um, the kids just know when dad gets home, they can give him a hug, tell him hi, but all their stories have to wait till after mine. And he gets to tell me his stories of the day and we reconnect. So in, in that similar, just make sure you carve out time at home. Even if you're not going on a date, have a date at home 
have a half hour or whatever mm-hmm. where you reconnect. Well, every day. So even when we say it's mommy, daddy time, we're saying it to our 18 year old too. Okay. Yeah. I mean, listen, you know, parenting is a, something else that we love doing together. Um, and God has given us lots of nuggets that we'll probably talk about on another podcast. But the, the thing is, even with them, they'll come in, they want to say, and I want to, I might give them all a hug, say, okay, love you. All right. It's mommy, daddy time. Mm-hmm. And, um, so one thing that I think is really key um, that you and I have done, and we've created a established a pattern, and that is we have the the fifteen ish minutes or whatever, okay, twenty minutes when I come home from work, but then we have all of the work, whatever we're gonna do, um, and we it could be anywhere from life groups to kids, whatever, whatever's going on, life, life, but then at the end of the day, usually somewhere between nine and nine thirty, mm-hmm. okay, we um, have anywhere between an hour to two hours. Uh, and, and listen, for the record, I'm like, me, I, I like watching TV or some shows or whatever else. Um, but we always end up in our chairs in our bedroom, um, side by side. And we're just shoulder to shoulder. I, uh, you know, that, uh, who, who, which, which book was that? I can't remember. I think that might be Edgar Ricks. It, I think it is. Well, I, as you can tell, we, we read a lot. And, and I would encourage everybody whether your marriage is great or if it's on the rocks yeah <laughs> um to to read and to invest in in good resources and there are some bad ones but the ones we mentioned are they're solid they are solid and i'll tell you one of the best ones that you can go get involved with now is uh is xomarriage.com um brent evans jimmy son is now the ceo of it they have uh, the willises and a number of other people just so many so many good resources, but I would say this too. If you're struggling, you need mentorship. You know, there's, there's a lot of people inside of our church. There's a lot of um, wonderful couples that are uh, established and solid that can help guide and lead you. And the thing is, you have to realize that you're not going to snap your fingers. You have to regain some trust in some things, but, but God wants to bless your marriage. God wants to bless your marriage. And I, you know, let me tell you something, that grass is always greener. You think, well, hey, you know, if my wife was just this way or if my husband was just that way, um, you know, and so you start, what happens is you have a mindset of, well, let's just think about what, what if it does fail? I could go maybe do this instead. And that right there is, that is a mindset straight from the pit of hell. It's a lie. It's a lie because let me tell you something. Um, I've seen this done many, many times and it gets worse. You walk out of this one, the next one's worse. And then the next one's worse. And the next one's worse. It only gets worse. Um, if you're jump until you, until you fix the heart, until you get your heart in front of God. And then once your heart's submitted to God, it really makes it easier for whoever is in your life to have that beautiful, successful marriage. Right. I think also, just praying, God, change me. What is it in my heart that is creating an issue? And and just laying it, laying your heart before God and letting Him change you, and you know, praying together, praying apart, finding scriptures about marriage or about the fruit of the Spirit, and and putting that before your face daily so that you know how to act. Yeah. Because it's it's our own nature to be sinful. No matter how good we are at the end of the day, even the beginning of the day, um, we, we run out. We can't manufacture these things within our own temperaments. So we need Jesus. We need something supernatural. We need something bigger than ourselves. And the way we do that is through the Word of God. That's absolutely right. And that's where we begin every day. 
Yeah, absolutely. And we try not to interrupt one another. I might see her, you know, sitting there and I'll wait a little and <laughs> be a little goofy or whatever. But, <laughs> but, but we, we really do. We know that that is crucial. Um, and, and we, as soon as you walk, not even just walk out the door, you wake up and you, you pull this sucker out your phone. I mean, immediately you're being bombarded by trash. And so it begins to go try to attack that shield. So put that shield on first. If you're going to have a conversation, I, I want to say this one. I feel like I need to say this. I don't even know why this popped into my head. Holy Spirit. Sometimes when you are frustrated with somebody and you're in the middle of uh, maybe a discussion or, or I don't know, one of the things that Brandy can do to me is she can just reach over and grab my hand and just, just touch my hand. And, and it's an act of, it, it's, it's, it's intimate. I'm here. It's I'm here. And I'm like, and it'll, it'll break me. I'm like, okay. All right. I do a mental reset. And I realized that in that moment, um, the enemy was trying to go to work, but just simply holding a hand or just, or even just, if, if maybe if somebody didn't want that, just, just, just touching, just touching their hand and saying, I see you, I love you, you know, without actually saying anything. And sometimes that is just a, a really beautiful gesture. So I just want to say that, is there, any, is there anything else that's kind of on your thoughts, on your mind? Well, first, I just want to tell you that I really appreciate you finally coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Are you going to come back? Maybe. <laughs> In the comments, tell her she needs to come back. But I want to just tell y'all, we we're excited about some new things that uh, we're about to begin doing. Um, it's called DFT Clips. Um, so instead of the long podcast formats that you're seeing like this, um, the next podcast on episode 20, I am doing what's called, uh, I've been teasing it for a while. It's actually going to happen. It's the architecture of end times. I've been doing lots of research um, and doing a lot of studying. And we're going to talk about the hard things. Gloves are coming off, man. And then we're going to have smaller clips called DFT Clips, where I'm actually going to give demonstrations from machine learning, AI, current events. And we'll be releasing those at a less, instead of every two weeks, those may come out. Heck, if something's going on in the world, might maybe a couple, uh, you know, one day after another. So it's just another format. Please, if you haven't subscribed to the Church at Bushland, please do so. And then, you know, click that little bell down there. Oh, my gosh. I didn't know you were bringing that. <laughs> I love it. That's cool. If you are listening online, it says, she has a holding up a t-shirt says i love my awesome husband and yes i bought that t-shirt for her it's my mother's day present <laughs> it, was, it was it absolutely was well listen this has been an absolute joy and i love you brandy taylor thank you and uh anyway it's been a joy i hope this session in this this episode is ministered to you and i can't wait to talk to you on the next one we'll see you next time Thanks for listening to this week's podcast from the Church of Bushland. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram by using the Church of Bushland. We are all about people because God is all about people. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference.